The Athletic. Good morning, welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Monday the 26th of February, I'm Tim Spears and on today's show... Liverpool win the League Cup. The first leg of what Liverpool are hoping will be a quadruple, of course. You know, they're chasing much bigger prizes. It's another Wembley defeat for Chelsea. The team began to feel that penalties could be good for them. I think it was an admission of, of psychological weakness. And how did Manchester United lose to Fulham at home? Uh, Manchester United's victory over Aston Villa put them in the top four race. I think defeat to Fulham makes things very, very difficult. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Tim Spears. We'll bring you analysis from the first final of the English season in a jiffy, but let's start with a roundup of the weekend's main results. The Premier League title race closed up again. Manchester City are just a point behind leaders Liverpool after a narrow 1-0 win at Bournemouth. Phil Foden with the winner. A point behind City are Arsenal, who thrashed beleaguered Newcastle 4-1. Kai Havertz and Bakaya Saka were on the score sheet as the Gunners won their sixth successive league match. Aston Villa boosted their Champions League hopes with a 4-2 win over Nottingham Forest, a result which damaged Manchester United's prospects of catching them in fourth after their dramatic 2-1 home defeat to Fulham. More on that shortly. We may have a cracking title race in England, but across Europe's other big leagues, there's far less jeopardy. Inter Milan are nine points clear in Serie A with a game in hand on second place Juventus after beating Lecce 4-0 on Sunday. PSG needed a 97th minute equaliser from Gonzalo Ramos to draw one all at home to Rennes, but they're still 11 points clear in Ligue 1. Bayer Leverkusen remain on course to win their first ever Bundesliga title. They beat Mainz 2-1 on Friday and are eight ahead of Bayern, who did end their three-game losing streak just thanks to two goals and a last-minute winner from that man, Harry Kane. And in Spain, Real Madrid are eight ahead of Barcelona after beating Sevilla 1-0 last night thanks to 38-year-old Luka Modric, who came off the bench to score the winner nine minutes from time. Girona play Rayo Vercano tonight and can go second with a win. Right, to Wembley. Simicas, great header. This time, this time, it's going to count. And Virgil van Dijk has just snooped and in all probability won the Carabao Cup. That's the sound of success for Liverpool, who won an enthralling Carabao Cup final 1-0 thanks to Virgil van Dijk's late extra-time header in the 118th minute. The depleted Reds were without 11 injured players, including Mo Salah and Darwin Nunes, and they lost Ryan Gravenberch to injury during the game. In fact, they ended the match with a makeshift side including youngsters Bobby Clark, James McDonnell and Jaden Dans, but took advantage of Chelsea spurning a host of chances to win the first silverware of the season, with Van Dijk and outgoing manager Jurgen Klopp lifting the trophy together. What happened here tonight is absolutely, all this afternoon, it's absolutely insane. These things are not possible. A team, a, a, a squad, an academy... Full of character. It's unbelievable what happened here tonight. I'm so, I'm so, I, I don't feel that often, but I'm so proud that I, that I could be part of that tonight. Wow. Here's James Pierce to explain how on earth the Reds managed to win that one. 
Well, in the circumstances, it's an absolutely remarkable achievement that, that has to be you know, right up there in the conversation about the, the greatest days under Jurgen Klopp. Because, of course, people will say it's only the League Cup, the, the fourth, if you like, li- li- uh, trophy in terms of list of priorities. But you know, to, to win it like they did against, what is it, I think, a billion pounds that Chelsea have spent assembling that squad. And that was Liverpool without 11 members of their senior squad before kick-off today. Of course, after Salah, Nunes and Zaboslai were all ruled out. Uh, they were the three that were given an outside chance of featuring earlier on in the week. Then you lose Gravenberg to that horrific tackle from Caicedo midway through the first half that went unpunished. And at that point, you thought, well, surely how can Liverpool possibly get over the line in this one? And, you know, how they did it was it was down to the brilliance of Quivine Kelleher. You know, his love affair with the League Cup continues. And also, you know, the, the immense leadership of Virgil van Dijk, because I thought he was absolutely tremendous out there, especially especially. Later on in the game, when he was surrounded by so much inexperience and, and young players, you know, the Dutchman has really put his stamp on the captaincy. And it was, it was what a moment for him, you know, to be the one, especially having had that goal chalked off earlier in the game, to rise like he did and, and head home uh, Simakas's corner, just when we were all starting to think that this final would be decided by penalties. So, uh, yeah, some wonderful scenes and a day that will live long in the memory, I think, for all Liverpool fans. James, you could really feel the energy and the emotion at Wembley. Is that what's going to define the next few months for Liverpool? Well, when Jurgen Klopp announced that he would be leaving around a month ago, you know, the hope was, and he talked about it himself, that it would galvanise everyone and that it would just provide that extra little bit of motivation and desire to, to try and end this era on a glorious high. And, you know, what a way to kick that off. The first leg of what Liverpool are hoping will be a quadruple, of course. You know, they're chasing much bigger prizes with that narrow lead at the top of the Premier League table. Um, you know, that next round of the FA Cup against Southampton at Anfield in midweek. And, of course, the Europa League starting up again soon against Sparta Prague. So, um, you know, those qualities that serve them so well at Wembley uh, against Chelsea will have to come to the fore over and over again because the schedule is going to be absolutely unrelenting and they're going to need that spirit, that togetherness, that guts to dig deep and grind it out. And a really unusual lineup which finished the game, a number of youngsters on the pitch, how good were they? Well, Jurgen Klopp has been banging the drum repeatedly in terms of, you know, we don't look for excuses. We look for solutions and, and bigging up the, the array of young talent coming through from the Kirby Academy. And those young boys really backed up those bold words with their, with their deeds at Wembley. I, I thought they were sensational. It would have been, you know, there mu- must have been a lot of nerves. That's, that's only natural on such a big stage. I mean, someone like Connor Bradley, we've almost become used to it over the last month or so, him repeatedly kind of rising to the occasion. You know, Jarrell Kwanzaa as well, it's been a massive breakthrough season for him. But when, when you think of, you know, Klopp turning to Bobby Clark, 18 years of age, James McConnell, 19, Jaden Dan's 19, you know, they know the opportunities are going to be there for them between now and May. And for Klopp especially, I think, you know, that faith he showed was just so handsomely rewarded. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. Chelsea really should have won this. They wasted a number of glaring opportunities and found Liverpool goalkeeper Cuevan Kelleher in excellent form. Mauricio Pochettino is still waiting for his first trophy in English football and Chelsea have now lost six Wembley finals in a row, dating back to 2017. I asked our Chelsea writer Liam Toomey how they managed to throw this one away. That is a question I think that will haunt these Chelsea players and haunt Mauricio Pochettino for a long time to come. The pressure grew on Chelsea from the moment the team news dropped. I think they'll they'll be dwelling on missed chances, clearly. 
you could argue Virgil van Dijk was the best player on the pitch, even aside from his goal. The other main contender, I think, was probably Cuevan Kelleher, Liverpool's goalkeeper. And that tells you how many goal-scoring chances Chelsea created. In, in that respect, it was a bit similar to the 2022 Cup finals against Liverpool. Chelsea at the post through Conor Gallagher. They were wayward and lacking composure in their finishing on other occasions. And that's been a problem for Chelsea more broadly. It was it was always likely to, to maybe undo them in a game as, as high pressure and high stakes as this. Uh, but ultimately, I think they didn't handle the occasion as well as Liverpool. In the end, it was it was Liverpool's mentality as much as their talent that made the difference. Where specifically did it go wrong, do you think, Liam? Well, clearly Chelsea missed more than their fair share of chances to win the game. Pochettino basically admitted that he felt the turning point was the flurry of chances that, that Chelsea missed towards the end of regulation. Uh, they, they were clearly the stronger team heading towards the 90-minute mark. Liverpool's legs appeared to be going before Klopp turned to his youthful bench. Uh, Chelsea were picking apart their press. Cole Palmer looked like the, the likeliest route to a game-winning chance. And then once it got to extra time, Chelsea's own legs began to go. Um, But I think just as much of it was admitted by Pochettino afterwards was that Chelsea's fear of losing overcame their desire to win. Pochettino didn't say it in those terms, but his admission that the team began to feel that penalties could be good for them, I think was an admission of, of psychological weakness, really. There's loads of analysis on The Athletic today, including Liam answering the immortal question, are Chelsea blue billion pound bottle jobs? Ouch. Try all right. It won't be! And Fulham look to have stolen it at the death. Alex Iwobi, stunning Old Trafford. That's the sound of Manchester United's charge for Champions League football suffering a huge blow at Old Trafford, with Alex Iwobi scoring a 97th minute winner for Fulham. The surprise 2-1 home defeat to the Cottagers, who had the league's second worst array record prior to this, leaves United in sixth, eight points behind Villa, who are fourth. I asked our Manchester United writer Carl Anker how United managed to mess this one up. This one is a really disappointing performance. Eric Ten Hag was dealt a very bad playing hand due to injuries to Luke Shaw, Lissandro Martinez and uh, an impact injury to Rasmus Hoyland, which meant he was without his only number nine. But also, I must say, Eric Ten Hag probably played that hand quite poorly. Manchester United continued to persist with this transition-heavy style of play that while it does manufacture a number of good chances, also allows opponents far too much space. And, and Manchester United are far too vulnerable to counter-attack. I'm talking to you right now, and Manchester United have conceded 100 shots in their last five Premier League games. This is a team that has a very, very inconsistent front press, which is to be expected when there's been so much chopping and changing in your front three. It's got a midfield that has Bruno Fernandes, who, who wants to be gung-ho and do everything and tries to get into really advanced positions. You've got Maynou, who is growing into the game, but still a teenager. And Casemiro, who is now 31 years of age, but is still trying to play like a 26-year-old. So the midfield can be quite disjointed. And then you've got a back four that, again, loads of injuries, really rotation. So you, the gaps in between the big units are far too large. And how did youngster Amari Forson do in his debut, Carl? The, the, the glass half full reading is that he, he was technically secure. He, he's very good in, in close control, in, in tight situations. There was, there was two or three times where two Fulham defenders came on to him and he, he kept onto the ball and he, he made two or three quick passes. The glass half empty 
is he's a teenager. And there were two or three times where much bigger, sometimes much faster Fulham defenders realised that he was trying to be a bit clever and just went, all right, I'm just going to push you now because I'm a lot stronger than you. Do you think United are capable of pushing for the Champions League here or are these injuries and, and inconsistent results going to be too debilitating? Uh, Manchester United's victory over Aston Villa put them in the top four slash top five race. I think defeat to Fulham makes things very, very difficult. The concerning thing for United is they have to be close to perfect in order to catch up with Aston Villa and to Tottenham Hotspur, but also they have to play Manchester City away from home. They've got to play Liverpool at Old Trafford. They've also got to play Arsenal at Old Trafford. A defeat against Fulham increases the need to get victory over City, Arsenal and Liverpool. And I'm talking to you at this point in time, United don't have Martinez, they don't have Shaw, they don't have Hoyland for next week as well. The chances of them getting a positive result at the head-to-head over a Manchester City team that are in the title race, slim. Not none, slim. Elsewhere yesterday, Wolves went 8th by beating Sheffield United 1-0 at Molyneux, but West Ham will replace them if they beat Brentford at home in the Premier League tonight. That's at 8pm on Sky Sports. David Moyes will be the winning manager there, no doubt. Also tonight, you can see Coventry v non-league Maidstone United in the fifth round of the FA Cup. That's on ITV4 at 7.45pm. There's also Roma v Torino and Fiorentina v Lazio in Serie A, both on TNT. You can also catch those on Paramount Plus in the US. Right, that's all for today's Daily Football Briefing. I've been Tim Spears, your producer was Mike Zimmerman, and executive producer was Ian McIntosh. I'll be back with you tomorrow. In the meantime, have a lovely day. The Athletic.